Living Corporate is brought to you by the Leadership Range, a podcast within the Living Corporate Network, hosted by globally certified and Fortune 500 executive coach and leadership development expert Neil Edwards. The Leadership Range is focused on having real, raw, soulful and accountable conversations about inclusive leadership, allyship, professional development. Every week is a new episode with new learning and new actions to take on to grow inclusively. Make sure you check out the Leadership Range everywhere you listen to podcasts. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the break room. I know it, or if it's been any, if y'all had any type of week I've had, it's been a long, draining week. And we're almost at the end of it. So that's a good thing. So welcome to the break room. I'm Dr. LaWanda Hill, one of the co-hosts of the break room. And I'll let my wonderful, one of the wonderful co-hosts introduce themselves. And then we'll hop into the content. Hey, everybody. Nice nice to see you all. Thanks for being here. Uh, my name is Dr. Jide Bamashigbin. I'm an assistant professor of psychology at Cal State Long Beach, um, and I do research focused on stress and family. So I'm really excited to be here. Let's have a great episode. Yay, let's do it. Okay, so for those of you who are just now first time joining or for those of you who are returners, you'll know that we're going to start off every episode by letting you know who we all are. We are a group of mental health professionals. Some of us are psychologists, some of us are social psychologists, some of us are psychiatrists, but whatever our discipline, we gather here at the break room to center black mental health in the workplace. We know that our movement through the workplace looks and feels very different from people who hold different racial, gender, ethnic, sexual identities than us. And so our job is to always have some space to illuminate that, um, but not leave you there, but give you something practical to walk away with to help continue to center your mental health in the workplace. So that is the break room. We gather every Thursday at five o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time, seven o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time for about 40 to 50 minutes. We start our sessions off by talking about what is the tea of the week. And because these good old United States of America, there's always some tea. Always. And always some tea. And then we transition into our topic. And tonight's topic is going to be when toxic at work is too toxic, right? When toxicity at work becomes too toxic, we talked last week about white toxicity specifically, but this week we're going to talk about more general levels of toxicity and when that becomes too toxic to overbear, I mean to endure. So after we have our topic, we invite some Q&A. We in, in fact invite for you, invite you to uh, make some comments or ask questions as we move along so that when we do come to that segment of the show, we can address the questions and or concerns that you have. And then after we finish having some great dialogue about centering black mental health at work, we then move into our last nerve. This is perhaps one of my favorite parts of the show where we give ourselves, we started with 60 seconds, but now we do 90. We do 90 mm -hmm. seconds where we vent about what is that thing that has gotten on your very last nerve at work and we release it and we wrap up the show. So mm -hmm. that's how we spent our time together. Um, so let's get started. So tonight's topic when to toxic is too toxic. But before that, let's talk about the tea. So what is this? <laughs> I love the look today. I love this look. Like, look, what? is this week's tea now y'all i really try my best not to give energy to, sh to things that i feel are ignorant um but I, I i constantly am checked in my privilege to know that like Luanda, you are a psychologist so the things that may be just so easily identified to you is not identified to others okay so one of the things that i find very ignorant just in and of itself is Derek jackson OK, I don't like giving people platforms that I don't feel like deserve platforms, but it is the tea. So we got to talk about it. Derek mm -hmm. Jackson is a classic black male growing up in a time where people have access to iPhones that gives them a space to record themselves. His expertise is questionable. His training is even more questionable. 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 That is a very charitable term for me. Wasn't that generous? That was, that was generous. That was very what, generous. That what, was very what, would you, generous. what would you say today? What would you what would you call it? 
At this point, it's it's no longer questionable. He has no expertise in this subject that he's been talking about. But continue. Sorry, I just Let's want to point out that questionable. Okay. Yeah. He has no expertise in the subject that he's been talking about. And this is a conversation for another day that's rooted in so much patriarchy, right? Where men specifically get a platform to tell women, namely, give their advice or their expertise in this instance is just his advice it's not any expertise it's not like he's a marriage and family therapist it's not like he's a clinician it's not like he has studied relationship issues or interpersonal dynamics none of the above which would classify him to be able to do this work and yet he's done it he's built okay. a huge platform he's built a huge platform doing this telling black women what they need to do in relationships only for it to be discovered that he himself has been cheating on his wife multiple times <sighs> multiple times and you know i just may save derek for the last nerve and okay. i think that what <laughs> specifically what i want to say but the tea on this that i think is very disheartening is that his wife has been getting a lot of more attention because she finally came out and started talking about her response and she people have been attacking her appearance and her attire and what she looks like and she identifies as a christian and so a lot of her explanation of his behavior has been rooted in christiana christianity dogma that in my opinion excuses his behavior um in my opinion um <laughs> Omar said the realty it excuses his behavior and it makes her stay stuck in this process of, of being with him despite his infidelity and so it's unfortunate because I see this happen so much like I, I am also licensed in our data as a minister and I see people weaponize spirituality often mm -hmm. and I think he's done that like he's mm -hmm. weaponized spirituality. He's used his platform to prey on women and he's giving advice that he himself is not adhering to because he's been having multiple affairs. So mm -hmm. that's the tea and it's annoying. And that's my opinion on it. What's yours, Jay? Like, what do you think about that? You know, I think more than anything, it's one thing to make your own bad choices that affect you, you know, but, you know, he engaged in this behavior and his and his his wife's getting embarrassed on the Internet. You know, and that's like real. you did that. That's not her fault. That's your fault. You know, um, you know, people make bad choices. I, I just hate when those bad choices impact other people. Right. Mm -hmm. And even still, he's kind of making jokes about it. Like he posted a reaction video to his reaction video. He was trying to sell, you know, his book for like 50 percent off. You know, it's, it's just entirely disgusting behavior. Entirely mm -hmm. disgusting behavior. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, that's what makes you a man of character. Jade. To say that it's one thing for him to make his own choice, but his choices are impacting his wife and it's mm -hmm. embarrassing her. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm and I'm certain as a psychologist, I could just predict that that's causing her some level of distress. Mm -hmm. And although I think that some of her stuff is ridiculous, it never becomes easy for me or I never get comfortable laughing at people's pain. Right. Because I also know when I think about I know it may seem extreme, but I think about Michael Jackson. We all talk sh mad, mad junk about Michael Jackson. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yet when he died, we grieved him. Yep. And that's what we do. That's what we do. We, we laugh at people. We laugh at their pain. We laugh at what they go through. And then, God forbid, they do something terrible to themselves. And then all of a sudden we feel bad about it. Right. And right. I feel like that's what's happening to her. I think that she's mm -hmm. being mocked. I think that she's being laughed at. And I honestly even I have some a level of empathy for her. I really do. Yeah. 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 You know, she she is she's also a victim. She's a victim. She don't in the in the sad part, she don't even know she is. Yep. She doesn't even know she is yet because mm -hmm. of her, her worldview. So mm -hmm. I'm not gonna go too far on that. That's a little bit about tonight's topic where mm -hmm. we can begin to illuminate because he certainly has a lot of toxic behavior. Mm -hmm. So tonight we're going to be talking about you know, when does toxic become too toxic at work as it relates to your mental health and well-being? Mm -hmm. So just to give a little bit of a recap. So last week we talked about white toxicity at work. Um, unfortunately, this week we've had another mass shooting. Last week we talked about the mass shooting that occurred in Atlanta. Um, this week it occurred in Colorado. And we talked about how the ways in which the news was spinning this narrative. Um, and whitewashing it, right, was mm -hmm. one manifestation of white toxicity that impacts mm -hmm. our mental health, right? Mm -hmm. 
Another manifestation of that was um, gaslighting, you know, when people psychologically abuse you yep. and distort reality, which is a lot of what we saw our boy do, Derek Jackson, yep. honestly do. Yep. He does a lot of gaslighting. He did a lot of mansplaining, which would mm-hmm. be equivalent to whitewashing. And then the white niceness, like that is a level of toxicity. So white toxicity in of itself harms us on the job, at work, by just mere virtue of the fact that our we are black people, right? Our racial identity is something we don't get away from. It's mm-hmm. always very visible. It's always very present. It's very different than, say, an ability status that may be invisible. Our racial identity is there and it meets us in the room. So that white toxicity, some of those manifestations we talked about last week, white, white niceness, light gaslighting, light whitewashing is one layer, right? Mm -hmm. So now we're going to talk about beyond white toxicity, the workplace in and of itself can be toxic. Yep. So the workplace in and of itself being toxic and then you take that and then you compound it by white toxicity and you got yourself a perfect recipe of when toxic has become too toxic. Yep. We want to pause tonight, name some of those things, identify some of those things so that we can realize when is toxic too toxic? Mm-hmm. Because for black folks, we are vulnerable just because of our racial identity. We, by and large, or we live in an anti-black society. And that is not, that doesn't turn off when we go to work, right? Unless we're just really moving through predominantly black or all black spaces. Yep. So with that level of white toxicity on top of just other toxic environments, I mean, toxic things in the workplace, toxic can become too toxic quick. So Mm -hmm. we want to pop into the night. When does that occur? So if you can pop us off today of some of the toxic elements at work, or what are some of the indicators that a workplace is toxic? Absolutely. Thank you for, you know, that great introduction. That was um, amazing. But absolutely, you know, workplaces oftentimes can be very toxic and it's important for you to be able to identify it. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about. Like, how do you know you're in a toxic workspace or how do you know it's become too toxic for you? Okay, but before we get into that, I want to point out a few things. All right. There is no such thing as a perfect job. Okay, there is no job that you're going to be 100 percent happy at every single day. Okay, that doesn't exist. All right. Right. So, you know, just because you're not at your maximal happiness does not make a place toxic. Okay, Um, just because you don't get along with your boss does not necessarily make a place toxic, right? Um, At the same time, just because you're having a good experience at a workplace does not mean that the place is not toxic for maybe somebody else, okay? And maybe even you and you don't even realize it, you know? So Mm -hmm. just things to keep in mind, right? Um, Because we talked about this, toxic is a word that might be a little overused, okay? Mm. Um, You know, in certain contexts. Okay, a lot overused, you're right. Thank you, thank you. Let's let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. Do we make everything toxic? (laughs) Um, Everything doesn't need to be toxic, you know? Everything isn't toxic. But right now, we're going to talk about what toxic is, okay? And also, with the acknowledgement that we, we, we actually care about all of your health and your mental health, and we want you to be well, and we want you to be happy. We want you to thrive, okay? Um, but we know that everybody is not in a space to leave a job, right? Most people, right, are not in a space to just pick up and leave a job whenever they can, right? right. Um, you know, if a space is too toxic for you and you do have the means to do that, be my guest, right? But if not, let's talk about ways to cope with it, mm-hmm. all right? So let's talk about it. Okay. How do you know your workplace is too toxic, okay? Number one, there's there are some blaring signs to know your workplace is toxic, okay? Are you experiencing workplace discrimination or harassment on the basis of your gender, your sex, your race, your age, your sexual orientation? That's a surefire sign the place is toxic, okay? Because those experiences really impact us. They impact our self-worth. They impact mm. how we move at work. You know, um, imagine being at a, at a workplace where you're triggered all the time, where your body's activated the whole time right? That's not healthy for you. That's not, that's really bad for your health, you know? Mm. So if you're being harassed or discriminated, or you see other people being harassed or discriminated at work, that's Mm -hmm. a surefire sign you're in a toxic workplace. Can can we hang out there for a second? Because I feel like (laughs) that's good. I think that that's definitely a telltale sign. And I feel like sometimes people don't know when they are being, or they know, but they may gaslight themselves or their Mm -hmm. environment gaslights them to say, was that really discrimination? Mm -hmm. You know, based on, you know, gender, based on race, was that, 
harassment. So I wonder if we can break down some specific examples of what that discrimination could look like or what it has looked like or what um, harassment can look like on the job that lets you know that your body, because your body keeps the score. And we talked about that last week where your mm -hmm. body is being activated so often because of these different incidents of harassment and discrimination, but we don't have the language for it or we second guess ourselves for it. So how, how do we know, like, how do we know when we're being discriminated against and how do we know when we're being harassed? Like what constitutes that? So I'd always say that your experience matters. If you feel like it, there's a good chance it's happening. <laughs> you know, <if> like <laughs> it, there's, there's, a, there's a good chance it's happening. You know, we're, we're not oftentimes just picking up on these things out of nowhere. Right. Um, but harassment and discrimination are two different things. So we'll just take a little second to, you know, mm -hmm. discriminate between these things. Right. <laughs> uh, discrimination at work means that you're not being moved up or you're not receiving the same opportunities based on these characteristics, such as race, right. gender, sex. Um, and harassment means people are bothering you, harassing you. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, at, at work based on, you know, whatever these characteristics are. So um, how do you know? Well, are you uncomfortable when your boss makes certain jokes? Yeah. Right. That's good. Around you. That's good. You, know? you feel it in your body. Do you feel it? Um, are do you see everybody around you moving up and you're not moving up, although, you know, you contribute to the company just as much? Are you right? not being invited to meetings where decisions mm -hmm. are being made or are you not going to discuss? Right. Mm -hmm. Are you not being invited to the happy hours after work? Right? Are they leaving you out? You know, are I mean, are they having happy hours in a space that you're not even able to attend? Right. Because if you have kids. Right. You know, I got, I got to go home to my kids, but they're having happy hours. They're getting closer. They'll be in these relationships and you're left out. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, is the boss going to golfing every Saturday with only the men in the office and, and none of the women in the office? Or only right. the people who are white in the office or the not only people, people who are white in the office. Oftentimes the only white men, only the straight, white, rich men, right? Those are the only people who go golfing, you know, in, in, in these spaces, right? So those are signs. Those are signs of harassment yeah. and discrimination. Absolutely. So Absolutely. that's an indicator of toxic, right? So mm -hmm. let's take we're gonna talk about more, but I think it's important to really paint the picture of okay, so I'm black at work and I'm experiencing white toxicity. And not only am I experiencing white toxicity, but I'm also experiencing discrimination. Mm -hmm. I'm being left out of meetings. Yep. I'm being left out of decisions. I'm not being invited to these happy hours. Or not these, being promoted. I'm not being promoted. Or these instances that you, or these events that you're having doesn't take into consideration that I also have a family. Mm -hmm. And I'm also being harassed. I am being targeted by my peers. Mm -hmm. I am being, my tone in which I speak is being policed. Mm -hmm. My, you know, I'm being every time I say something, there's an incident, there's an issue. I'm being publicly challenged. Right. That would be mm -hmm. some level of harassment. Yep. So you got that base level of white toxicity, gaslighting, whitewashing, white niceness, defensiveness. Next level, defensiveness. Oh, my God. Defensiveness. We could talk for days. Next level. All right. So imagine, y'all, this is a toxic bottle. <laughs> we want to know when toxic gets too toxic. So we start off with this white toxicity because that's inherent. Mm -hmm. Then we move up to discrimination, racism. All right. So what else fills this bottle to let us know when toxic has become too toxic? All right. Another way to know in a really good way that uh, your workplace is toxic is if you're experiencing burnout. Okay. Mm. Is if you're experiencing burnout. Um, as it relates to work, okay? So burnout is a term that, you know, has been applied to lots of contexts, but it's originally from the research on what it means to be at work and how oh, work affects you. I didn't right? know that. So, you know, people say like, I'm burnt, right? Like, I, I, I don't have it, right? That comes from, you know, this context. So burnout means emotional exhaustion and depletion due to ongoing stress, okay? Um, and just because you're tired doesn't necessarily mean you're burnt out. Right. So that, that's another thing, you know, tired. And, and I, and I want to be clear that it still matters if you're tired. Right. right. If, if you're exhausted, it still matters. That doesn't necessarily mean burnout. Burnout has three components. Mm. Okay? OK, so burnout. One, emotional exhaustion. OK, absolutely. So if you're feeling tired all the time, if your energy is depleted, you just don't have it at work. Absolutely. That is one sign of burnout. Number two, are you feeling cynical? Are you feeling hostile? <laughs> right. Like at, mm. at work. 
on your way to work, like, are you driving to work? Like, oh my God, I just, <laughs> I don't want to do this. Like, you know, you're, you're gripping the, you're gripping the wheel so tight, you know, your, your, your knuckles are white, right? Cause you're so stressed out. Um, you know, anytime you think about work, you just have negative feelings, negative affect, right? That's another sign. Mm. Number three, reduced efficacy. Okay. So what that means is you're not running at your optimal level. Okay. And that can happen in multiple aspects of your life. It definitely will happen at work if you're experiencing burnout at work, but it can impact you anywhere. Right. I'm not the best parent I could be because I'm so burnt out. Right. Mm. I'm not the best partner I could be. I'm not the best friend I could be. Right. I just come home and I just, you know, I can't, I can't even do the dishes. I can't take out the trash because I just don't mm -hmm. have it. Right. Cause I think what you're getting at when you're talking about burnout to, to translate it. Cause I feel like as academics, I didn't, well, you much more of an academic than me. I feel like I'm just like out here saying I'm an academic because I work in academia where you are the true <laughs> academic. I recognize that sometimes we can use these terms and they're so like readily available in our vocabulary, but it yep. doesn't translate to the lay person often. Yep. So I feel mm -hmm. like the need to break break uh, uh, burnout down further. I love those yeah, three components. For sure. I feel like what the core of burnout is, is understanding that we all have limitations, that our body, as we talked about last week, keeps the score. Mm -hmm. And so when we are constantly in a stress environment and our body releases that cortisol, that stress hormone, because of discrimination, say, less because of harassment, or because of white toxicity, that we're constantly being activated. We we reach a capacity. Mm -hmm. And that capacity means that we no longer have energy, the exhaustion, right? We no longer have um, gratitude or, or a posture of like uh, wanting to engage. So we have mm -hmm. some cynicism, right? Mm -hmm. We have negative affect, we have some mm -hmm. hostility and we're depleted because we're being overloaded. And it goes back to my metaphor of violence. Like, we have so much toxins that we're holding because of mm -hmm. the work environment specifically that we've reached a place of burnout. Yep. And I think it's important to name that. And that's very different from being tired mm -hmm. because burnout, I think, is a state. Correct me if I'm wrong, today, but it's like a chronic space that we hang yep. out in, like where yes. fatigue and tiredness can subside with sleep and rest. And after a weekend, burnout is much more substantial, mm -hmm. much more significant. And that is because the chances are high that we're in a toxic environment. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, burnout can come from a whole bunch of things we'll talk about in a second, right? But what what, what causes burnout, we'll talk about that, right? Um, but there's a lot of research showing that, you know, burnout in it of itself is bad, okay? But mm. it's related to a host of poor health outcomes for you, okay? So people who experience burnout are at increased risk of depression, all right? They're at increased risk of anxiety, they're at increased risk of cardiovascular disease, right? Because that hostility, right? It, it's that hostility. Hostility is not good for you. But, you know, hostility is not good for you. Those feelings are not good for you. And they really affect your heart. Lord, help me. It's, it's true. It's true. Those those negative feelings, you, you can't hold on to those. They're, they're not, they're not, they're just not good for us. You know? Ah, that's um, a word. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're just not good for us. And even burnout impacts how long you will live. Okay, if you're experiencing ex like chronic burnout over a long period of time, you it's very possible that you could die earlier. There's a lot of research showing that you'd like to die earlier, you know. So burnout can affect you. Um, and you know, once again, you don't want to be sitting in the car on the way to work or on the train, just like oh, man. <laughs> you know, just this the whole time, right? It's right. just not good for you. It's just and I guess like sometimes there are gonna be those phases, right? Like I right. guess that there's gonna be those phases of life where, or, or, or just at the job, right? Maybe mm -hmm. you're going through a transition or there's adjustment or you're understaffed mm -hmm. where you're, where you may have that sentiment. But I think as it relates to when toxic becomes too toxic, it's like, mm -hmm. is this pervasive? Right. Do you feel this all the time? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you fatigued exactly. all the time? Do you feel exactly. hostile all the time? Do you exactly. feel depleted all the time? Mm -hmm. Now we're dealing with much more than something that's situational and circumstantial and it's probably actually burnout. Exactly. Because once again, like we started, no job is perfect, right? There's going to be times where, oh, I got to work on the weekend, right? right. Um, so just think to be aware. Um, so I'd say that the harassment, discrimination, and burnout 
are the strongest signs that your workplace is toxic, mm. okay? But there are other signs that can kind of let you know if your workplace might be toxic, okay? Mm. Um, it may be only to you, right? And these are things that do that you realize that affect you a little more, but mm. there are other signs. So let's talk about those, mm. okay? So you can experience role conflict at work, okay? Um, so role conflict, all right? So conflict between different roles that you may have, all right? So for example, um, you may be a parent and you may have a job, right? And sometimes those things will conflict with each other, right? Do you have a boss who is understanding of that? Do you have coworkers who are able to understand, you know what, I do have to pick up my kids at three, no matter what, right? Because that's what time school gets out, right? right? Um, that can reduce levels of role conflict for you, right? If you have that mm -hmm. boss, but if you're in a space that's like, we don't care about anything that's happening in your life. We don't we care about nothing else. You work here from X hour to X hour, right? That will definitely, that, that may be a sign that you may be in a place that is toxic for you, okay? Mm -hmm. If you're feeling conflict between your roles and you don't feel that support. Okay. Um, next, there's role ambiguity, okay? So role ambiguity. You don't really know what you're supposed to be doing at your job. You know, you're at your job, you got hired, right? The happiest you were was when they called you to say you got the job, right? But now you're here and, you know, you're looking around like, oh my God, what, what do I what do? What the hell am I doing? Right? What am I what doing? What are the expectations for me, right? What am I What am I supposed to do? Like, who do I, who do I report to? Who was under me? That really, really causes a lot of stress and may be a sign that you're in a toxic work environment. And particularly, this is something that Black people in the workplace experience a lot, okay? Mm. Um, you know, and it's it's actually a way that toxic white bosses push black people out, right? Ah. Because I'll tell you something, and you probably know this just as well as I do. Um, you know, when a boss wants a white person to move up in a company, there is nothing that will stop that happening. Mm, they will move heaven and earth. They, they will, will create roles. Everything. They will create right. new. It's 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 so heinous, but they will. When they want it to happen, they will they will make it happen. They will make it happen, right? While otherwise they hire this black person, right? And they don't know what they're doing, right? And if you don't know what you're doing, how are you supposed to do it well? How are you supposed to do it to the best, uh, the best of your abilities, right? And if there's you don't no roadmap, and there's no mm -hmm. guide, and that really speaks mm -hmm. to the white toxicity that we talked about last week. Yeah. It, it kind of speaks to the gaslighting of like, I don't understand why you're not performing, but yet at the same time, you haven't given me a roadmap of how. To. Right. Right. Exactly. So that's that toxicity that eats away at people. Exactly. Exactly. So just in general, if you're a boss, make sure you have clear expectations for your people. Right. You know, so they know what they're supposed to be doing. Right. That makes the workplace just a better place. All right. Mm. Um, next, there's something called role overload. Right. Do you feel overloaded in your role? Like, you know, are you only work six hours a day, but are they giving you like 12 hours a day worth of work? Right. That's overload. First of all, why is Jade in my? I, I this feels like my first year at work, mm -hmm. like at Stanford. It feels like my first year at work. Like not the role ambiguity, but the world overload, right? Not necessarily. I can say to some degree the role conflict because although I didn't have a family unit like of a spouse and kids I come from a very large family and so I used to pride myself on oh my people hit me up I'm responding within a certain amount of minutes you know or within the day and then I was like noticing more and more it was taking me longer and longer to respond to my family longer and longer to respond to my friends and so yep. I have a role as a daughter I have a role as a friend. I have a role as an aunt. I am the last mm -hmm. of 10 children. So I have a lot of nieces, a lot of nephews, mm -hmm. and a lot of Love siblings. That. And so my role of who I've been prior to going into this environment is shifting, right? So that's that role conflict we're talking about. Then it's like role overload. So you're asking me to do 12 hours of work. That really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. 12 hours of work in a six hour or a 10 hour or a seven hour work day. I'm overloaded, right? Mm -hmm. And then you add that again. I just want to continue to paint the picture of the layers, right? You add, back to my metaphor, white toxicity, discrimination, maybe um, harassment. Then I got role conflict, role ambiguity. And then I have role um, overload. Mm -hmm. This is a recipe for a mental health disaster breakdown. Disaster for disaster. <laughs> this is a recipe <laughs> for a mental health breakdown, y'all, because... 
we can't man our body keeps the score i cannot reiterate that enough and we cannot manage that right um i love what justin b said there's no roadmap right and it's also changing the different end zones yep goalposts first i'm going sorry i think football all the time so we first is we're going here then we're going here then we're going here and it's like whoa this is too much when toxic is too toxic mm-hmm. like that if I had, I'm sorry, I just had to pause and really illuminate that because it feels like my first year at Stanford. And I wonder how different it would have been had I been able to have a space like this to be, be able to name that this may be too toxic. Right. You know, that that support is so important. And I'm and I'm you know, I'm really happy that you identify with it. These are these are very well researched concepts, you know, mm. like so. So that's why you identify with it, because, mm. uh, you know, there are people watching this right now. Listen to this right now who are like, oh, my God, I'm in a toxic workplace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overloaded. Oh, my God. Right. right. Like, it's I have funny, but it's like, damn, mm-hmm. it, it yeah. takes this. Yeah, I feel it's it. Real. It's real. Um, and, you know, there are other questions you can ask about your workspace, right? Is there a lot of passive aggressiveness going on, right, in the workplace? That's that's not good, right? Um, are others unhappy, right? So you might be happy, right? But is everybody else around you unhappy, right? You might be spared of it for some reason, right? Maybe right, because you're right, a Laker fan right. and the boss is a Laker fan, so right. they like you, right? Mm, um, but is everybody good. else unhappy, right? Um, do you feel safe at work, like physically safe? You know, um, think about teachers right now. They're in a toxic work environment, right? Mm-hmm. Because of our lack of gun control, X, Y, Z in the workplace, right? They're in mm-hmm. workplaces where people could come in and do whatever they want, right? right. That's, that's toxicity. And then, um, you know, another big part is paycheck, right? I, I, I never want to take that, you know, never want to miss that, right? Are you satisfied with your paycheck? Do you feel like it reflects your expertise, right? Um, the Probably the biggest part, do you feel like you're being paid equitably with other people, mm. right? I still remember the first time I found somebody else was being paid significantly more than me. I, you know, Dang. there are no words. I was going to say, right? what was your reaction today? What did, how did you manage you know, it? So, think, so, one, thank this person for letting me know. First and foremost, like, because you you don't have to tell me how much you make, right? right you know, right, right, but right. Thank, you for, thank you for letting me know so I can, like, know this, right? Like, oh, you're being paid $9,000, $2,000 worth of me. This is a toxic workspace, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> right. Right? With this, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are just some ways, right, to know I am in a toxic workspace. Okay. And I think this is important to just really pause and take in. And so for those people who are listening live, great, I hope. And I would be curious if you all can drop, drop in the chat, you know, what has been your reactions to what we presented so far about, number one, just some of the things that make a working place toxic. We know that mm-hmm. no work environment is perfect, mm-hmm. but there are certain work environments that have much more toxic elements than others. And that's mm-hmm. our indicator that it's become too toxic. So I would love to hear people drop in the comments. For those who are alive, what has come up for them? There are many people who are going to, re, you know, review this after. Yep. And not and, and think about these things. And so, as you're reflecting, I would invite you to just really pause and think about, like, wow, what? How many elements have they listed tonight? Right. Feels like it reflects my work environment. Is there mm-hmm. white toxicity and gaslighting? Right. Uh, which is like psychological manipulation, pretending mm-hmm. that what's happening is not happening. Mm-hmm. Is there toxicity, white toxicity in white niceness is what we call it. So I am being nice and kind as a guise to not have to address some of the more difficult structural issues like pay inequity, right? Mm-hmm. Like sexism. And so I'm feeling like, oh, but they're being so kind about it, but also not addressing the issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or am I experiencing toxicity because of this whitewashing where something happened and then there's a completely different narrative that feels a little bit more posh and a little bit more comfortable because the person involved happens to be white. And so we want to make it seem more favorable for them. One mm-hmm. level of white toxicity. Are you experiencing discrimination where those things that you make, your body tells you that you feel some type of way about it, but you're dismissing it, that you're being left out, that you're being discriminated against, you know, that you're not being included or you're being harassed or that you don't have a lot of, you know, guidance in your role. There's no goalposts for you. You are mm-hmm. being um overloaded in your role you you're very ambiguous about what you're supposed to be doing and so like damn this is toxic mm-hmm. <laughs> right yep. this, this is too and i think that that 
take some reconciliation. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is toxic. And so what do we do with that? Like, right? So we know only we can determine how many of those variables are at play. How much toxicity is it? Is it too toxic for us? Right? Is it something that has caused burnout for us when we're exhausted yep. all the time? We got cynicism going on. We don't want to go to work. We're depleted. We're not showing up in these other roles that we have. Right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's too toxic. So what do we do? Like, what do we do with that is always the question. And ideally, we would self-select out of these environments. Peace. <laughs> Deuces. This is oh. not worth my mental health. Mm -hmm. This is not worth my time with my family, my energy with my family. We would self-select out, ideally. But we also know that that's not always people's reality, and they don't have that yet. That They may be working on an exit strategy, but can't exit. Mm -hmm. So what I would, what we're going to offer are some tips to manage that toxic environment when toxic becomes toxic. First, I think it's the big piece is to just name it. Mm -hmm. What we have tried to do is give a lot of language to these experiences so that you can name it. Because a lot of times what I find, especially with black people at work, and we've been so taught to work harder, you know, endure more, not complain, that we will dismiss our experiences. Yep. And we won't give listen, listen to your body. Listen to your body. Listen to your body. Your body will tell you, hey, I got this pain in my neck or this pain in my shoulder or what have you. I think it's important to be able to like acknowledge that the, that there's toxicity and that this toxicity is having an impact on me. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Acknowledge it and then say that it's having an impact. That's the first step. Always identify. Always the first step. So let's say they've acknowledged that today. Like this mm -hmm. is having an environment, right? I mean, having mm -hmm. this is toxic is having an environment. What would be a good tool next? Like what is one of the tools you would offer for people to be able to really manage that impact? So one thing I like to do, and this is something my oldest sister taught me, okay? Because she's been in toxic workspaces. She's a lawyer and she has a PhD and she's just been in the most toxic workspaces. That sounds okay? like a recipe for toxicity. For disaster. And, she, and she's told me, this is one of the most important things you can do. Keep track of everything, okay? S seriously, right? Anytime somebody says something that makes you go, hmm, keep track of it. Write it down in an Excel file, right? Write, write down the name, write down the date, write down what happened at, to the best of your memory, right? Because, you know, you might write off one thing as, oh, well, that's just, you know, that's just Joe being Joe. That's just so-and-so, you know, being funny, whatever. But if you look back at that file, you'll see, oh, my God, this is a really anti-Black space. Ah, that's good. That's you good. know, so keep track. Keep track of it. Mm, I like that because that keeping track helps to validate your experience. Exactly. Right? So Joe being Joe today, damn, Joe being being Joe for like three months. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? And then I call exactly. it a death by a thousand cuts. Because mm -hmm. Joe would, let's say Joe had a bad day. Mm -hmm. Well, damn, Joe had 15 bad days and had 15 mm -hmm. incidents. And those 15 incidents are starting to add up and starting to eat away mm -hmm. at me. Right? Mm -hmm. So I think that, that leads me to the next tip that I want to offer when we're talking about when toxic becomes too toxic and how you manage it. Is we have to get to a place, y'all, where we take time to pause, even when we're in toxicity, to actively remove ourselves from it. They say in the metaphor, like, let's say you walk into a room and it's a bad smell. And as soon as you walk in that room, you can smell it. You're like, damn, what is that? <laughs> like, oh, my God. And, and you smell it for a while, right? Five, ten minutes. Mm -hmm. Let's say you sit in that room for about an hour or two. You don't smell it anymore. Mm -hmm. You have to leave that room to come back to say, oh, damn, it's still there. What I find with us, namely as black people in these, in these toxic environments, is that we don't take enough space away from the space. To be able to pause and check in mm -hmm. with ourselves and say, that smell still there? How am I going to manage it? Right? And right. that could be vacation, great, ideally, but that could just be 30 minutes at the end of your day while you're mm -hmm. in the shower. You know, that could be a, a, a daily practice of like, let me check in. Like, how often did I feel excited at work? How often did I feel depleted? How often did I feel dismissed? How often did I feel devalued? And by doing that daily, Right. Then we now can say, OK, wow, I have felt heavy the last three days. What am I going to do with that? Mm -hmm. And based on our means and based on what we have access to, that may be, you know what? I'm going to take me a mental health day yeah. or that may mean, OK, I need some extra time. I need to go to the break room. I just need somebody to name my experience. Or I need to be in community. I need to be around friends, because if you're a frontline worker, 
and you're not maybe you don't necessarily have salary time to take off and your work environment is too toxic just giving yourself that five to ten minutes to check in with yourself and ask you how you're doing can determine okay who i need to connect with to help me with this what kind of space do i need to go to that's going to be validating and affirming for me Mm -hmm. that's great advice we have to take those moments to pause to really check in and say like how do i feel today am i fatigued because i had 20 meetings or am I fatigued because, man, I was dismissing every single one of those meetings? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great, great point. Amy, what's the final, fourth and final one before we accept any questions people have? You know, I always say it's important um, to advocate for yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they will, they will, if you're silent about your pain, they'll kill you and say you enjoyed it. Ooh. Right. They'll kill you and say you enjoyed it. You know, let's say it again for the clip. I want that to be just I, I didn't make that up. Okay. I I I I I am apologizing. I don't know who said it. I, I forget who said somebody, it, but somebody, somebody said it. Said it. it was it, it was a black woman, a black woman writer who said it. Um if you're silent about your pain, they will kill you and say you enjoyed it. It might have been Zora Neale Hurston. Okay. They'll but they but they will do that, right? Because well, you never made a complaint to HR. The boss never said anything, right? So wow. how, how, how would I know that you're, you're not feeling happy at this workspace, right? And, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's still the, the head person's responsibility to make sure all things are handled in a responsible way, right? Um, it was Ornil. It was Ornil. I knew it. I knew it. Hey, thank you. Uh, thank you, Shatima. I appreciate you. Um, you know, but it's still your responsibility, at least for things they didn't see, to let them know, right? At, at a very mm-hmm. basic level, you do have to let... Because at least it's out there. If they don't do anything, they didn't do anything. But and I think that that's humanizing. Mm-hmm. I think it's humanizing yes. to share. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. may or may not validate it, but it's humanizing to be like, hey, that impacted me. Mm-hmm. And they may gaslight you and look you in the face of like, I don't know what you're talking about. But I mm-hmm. gave voice to what happened to me. And that's one way of moving through it. And then you show that Excel file. <laughs> right? If they say, oh, well, that's just Joe being Joe, then you show that Excel file. Well, Joe's been Joe <laughs> over and over, right? Right, yep. right, right, right. Yep. I love it. I love it. I love it. So this this is good. I, I want to take a moment to pause. And if there's any questions or reactions that y'all have, we, we do have a, one question we want to address where people have written in. But I think it's important to talk to to open it up for questions and think about mm-hmm. we're, we're really wrestling with this. And I see this all the time, y'all, as a psychologist. The body keeps the score. And especially in 2020, I have seen so I've seen and treated so many black folks who are in toxic environments and, be, and, and that toxicity being exacerbated by white toxicity, by discrimination, by harassment, by role conflict, by burnout. And I don't want, I want to see us well, right? Yep. And it takes some intentionality to be well in this particular time. So um, I just think that it is important to acknowledge that, that we are not moving through the world like everybody else because we do live in an anti-black society which means mm-hmm. we can't just take for granted that our work environments are going to support our mental health. In fact, they're going to challenge it. So I want to name that and address the question. So let me read it to you. Let me read ahead. it to you. <laughs> All right. I'm constantly frustrated by my competence. And I didn't write this question. This was a question that somebody wrote in, so I'm just saying it. Um, I'm constantly frustrated by my competence and capability being, being questioned by white folks at work. It's consistently invalidating and discouraging. What are ways I can handle this mentally? Mm. Ways you can handle this mentally. I would say, let's do what we talked about tonight. Let's name mm-hmm. it for what it is. Mm-hmm. This is a function of white toxicity that is manifesting in the form of gaslighting, right? Being questioning mm-hmm. of you and in a lot of fragility Yep. and anti-blackness. Because if your competence is being challenged, right, and there's been no behavior to suggest that you should be challenged in that, then that is bias showing up. Mm-hmm. Like, well, can you do this or can you perform the job? And well, says who? And I, can we see the research on that? So you're fundamentally questioning me. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if it's because of my racial identity, my gender identity, who I am, right? That is a manifestation of white fragility, right? I am being invalidated right i am being um invalidation i think is a function of gaslighting so let's name it for what it is while you may not be able to change it i think naming it can help you put it in its place right i always have this metaphor of a dumpster when i'm moving in these spaces as a black woman 
And I am like, every day I'm trying to figure out who's throwing their shit at me. Does it belong to me or does it belong to them? So your invalidation, that's white toxicity, right? You're questioning my competence, that's white toxicity. I'm going to throw it back at you. It's not mine. I'm labeling it. It's not mine. So when I say that to myself, it doesn't change the impact, but it does help me to figure out what I need to do. So now it's like, okay, that belongs to you. I'm going to name it as such. What now can I do with the lingering emotions that come? Mm -hmm. Am I going to join a community? Am I going to go uh, disconnect? Am I going to go to something that celebrates? If you all have not watched last week's episode, I encourage you to do so because we gave a lot of tips and tools about how to manage this, uh, manage yep. white toxicity. I'm going to go in community where people hear me, see me, validate me. I'm going to engage in something that I enjoy. I'm going to engage in something that makes me feel empowered. Mm -hmm. I'm going to engage in something that's pleasurable. These are all my coping mechanisms to manage this white toxicity. So that would be my response to that. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll just say, once again, I'll just reiterate this. Uh, first, um, advocate for yourself. Advocate for yourself. You know, I and this is just on a personal level. Times in my life where I've let stuff slide, I, the next few hours, the next few days, I'd be like, man, I should have said this. I should have <laughs> came back with this. I should have done this. I should have said this. You know what? No, nah, in that moment, say what you need to say. A actually, um, somebody says a racist joke. Oh, I, I don't get it. Can you explain it? That's the best way to respond Ooh, to a racist joke. Oh, yes, oh sorry. Yes. I don't get it. Can you explain it? Hey, I, and I love this. Oh, wow. That was, I had a reaction to that. Can you say mm -hmm. more? Yep. I'm putting it back on you. Right? Put it you, on them. You threw that on me. I'm putting it back on you. We have another one today. I'm asking you this time and I'm going to weigh in. Okay. okay. I have been told, thank you so much for sharing this. I have been told that I have an escalated attitude by a white supervisor a while ago. I would ask, what's the gender of that supervisor? Because that matters. Mm -hmm. I have been told that I have an escalated attitude by a white supervisor a while ago. That assessment still hunts me, though I have been moved to a different position, right? And I would also ask when you say hunts you, is it something that comes up for you all the time that you think about? Um, how can I try to function at work while seeking employment elsewhere? So it sounds like it's loaded, right? It sounds as mm -hmm. if there's still been an impact of those comments, and then you're also wanting to self-select out, but how do you function? Mm -hmm. So... What do you say to that today? Like you have somebody who told you, it just sounds very loaded, an escalated you know, attitude. I, I, first and foremost, thank you for asking that question and sharing your experience with us. We we appreciate that, um, you know, for you taking the time and we're, we're here to listen and we care about you for, you know, we're sorry you experienced that. You did not deserve that. At all. Full stop. You did not deserve that. Mm. Whoever said that is a jerk. You know, and that is and that and that and that kind of language, you have an escalated attitude. That's something that's often thrown at black women at work. Right. You have it's it's kind of saying you have an attitude. You're 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 uppity. You you think you're you think you're better than other people, right? Um, but they're wrong. You're 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 doing you, you're focusing on your task, you're handling your business. Um, when somebody doesn't do what they're supposed to do, what are you what are you supposed to do? Just let it slide, mm -hmm. right? Um, so just keep like I would say whoever that was avoid them right <laughs> avoid them right that's that's one thing people who you don't want to see just stay up you know right I, what when you see them in the hallway turn around go walk <laughs> another way don't you know find a new path instead of going past their office right that's that's one thing um but you know it's 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 not true right so first and foremost and and for me personally that's always something that helps me when somebody says something about me that's not true it's not true because <laughs> I and I think I would, I would I love that and I would offer for the person who asked the question I would ask them well this sounds like this is, has happened already right and so I think in the moment for next time because we really never know how to respond to these microaggressions in the moment I would say really evidence by what like what characterizes an escalated attitude can you share more with me for that mm -hmm. yep. right and, and it's kind of like I'm flipping like share with me help me understand that because what happens is you've internalized but it wasn't yours to internalize. It's there. Mm -hmm. So, what constitutes an escalated environment? I mean, an escalated attitude. And they're gonna Can you give me an example. Give me an example. They're gonna say something ridiculous, something stupid, and I'm gonna say to myself internally, oh, "Okay, that's not it. Like that's mm -hmm. that's anti-black. Okay, that's, that's just saying black people are aggressive. That that's that's really what it's saying. Black people are aggressive. Black people are aggressive. You know, that's you don't all you said. You're not, not used to that. dealing with level of intensity. You're not mm -hmm. dealing with my energy, and that's fine. Right. Now, as you're trying to maneuver moving forward and being present, I would say that it's going to be difficult, right? That was the question. Like, how do I stay present or actively look for another job? I think it's what 
it, it's challenged because your energy is split. You are psychologically dis trying to disengage from a current environment, but still have to be there. And so I think some of the coping tools that we talked about earlier about surrounding yourself in community, going to spaces where you feel empowered or validated are going to be helpful because it's going to be hard to cope in that environment is what I would offer. Yep. Great, great answer. Thank you. And thank you again for sharing, um, sharing that question with us. And, you know, whoever said that is wrong. Just, just remember that they're wrong. I love it. I love how today goes back to it. Like, let's reiterate it. All right. So that's good. That's good, y'all. That we we've had a really good conversation. I hope y'all have taken away from this. Number one, what are some elements of toxicity in the workplace? When does toxic become too toxic? Um, and how do we manage it and cope with it if we are dealing with um, like less than ideal circumstances? Um, and hope y'all will continue to come back next Thursday at the same time, same place, and we continue to unpack some of these things that impact Black folks at work. But before yep. we go. We're going to go ahead and do our last nerve. Should, should I be graced with the honor of the last nerve today? It's all you. You, you do it the best. Thank you. All right. So let me set my timer, y'all. We do set a timer. I think this is a good practice because, as Jaday said earlier, negative animosity is not helpful for us in the long term. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You want to release it. That's why we don't give it more, more than it 90. Let it go. All right. So here is, I'm coming for patriarchy today. Um, because patriarchy annoys me. So here's my last nerve, and this is de de dedicated to Derek. And all no, this ain't even dedicated to Derek. Derek represents a system of patriarchy that consistently inflicts harm with minimal to no consequence. Why? Because because of misogyny and because of patriarchy that centers men, that escalates men, that centers their peers, telling women how to engage the world, people continue to come to them for those opinions in good faith, wanting to, you know, figure out how they can achieve goals, and they continue to epically fail. You are the problem. Mm -hmm. You represent a system of the problem. You have no expertise. You have no training. You have no education. You ha Therefore, you have no position to tell any woman how and how, how, they, how they should engage and pursue relationships and solve their issues with relationships. Mm -hmm. And then to add insult to injury, you got the nerve to be part of the problem out here cheating. Okay? So what I want to say on my last nerve is Men like Derek, who are a classic example example of patriarchy, sit your ass down somewhere. Humble yourself before you be humbled. That's that on that. Love that. Love that. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you. Thank That's you. That's my time. Look at it. And I'm going to release that, y'all. That's that. Derek Jackson so, represents a system of patriarchy that inflicts harm with minimal consequences. Sorry, I, I had to type that in the chat. That was. And y'all, well we have to hold them accountable. We have to mm -hmm. hold him accountable by calling that out. So thank y'all for engaging. I've appreciated this. Um, y'all join us next week, same time, same place um, on the break room. We're going to continue to center Black and 